Hello, welcome to the Cosmic Eye Show. I'm your host, Jason Napolitano, and I have on the line my intrepid co-host, Mr. Chris Sheridan. What's How going you on, doing? buddy? I'm good. Yeah. You're good? All good here. In the midst of the chaos, there's a calm in the eye of the storm. So, That's... in the cosmic eye of the storm. Wow, that was my good. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> okay, I'm working I like that. Here. So, we'll try to be a little, a little calm space in the cosmic eye of the storm for you tonight. We're hitting this a little bit later tonight because it's kind of an impromptu show. We're actually not planning on doing a show this week, but uh, we had one of our uh, listeners and supporters, Anthony, reach out to us, uh, and he had a he had a question. He wanted to hear some information about uh, occult tools for making decisions um, and looking for guidance. Basically, some esoteric and occult tools to be able to to you know find. Uh, make some decisions in your life and find that guidance that you need to take those steps to move forward. Uh, so we're going to talk about that today. Uh, thanks for joining us here each week on Sunday for our show. Uh, we appreciate you guys and we appreciate everyone who's supporting us. If you can, please support us at cosmic eye, excuse me, at anchor.fm slash cosmic eye uh, and support uh, Chris and I's books. Um, you can find those at chrissheridan.com and Chris's book is the spirit in the sky, or you can go to cosmiceye.org. And you can find uh, my book there. It is called If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate. And, of course, those are available through Amazon. Uh, and we'd appreciate it, of course, if you could support us. As I said, you can go to anchor.fm slash Cosmic Eye and you can make a donation there. And, you know, we're hoping that, uh, you know, the more people we can get to make donations, you know, the bigger we can grow this show. And we're really trying to give you the kind of information that helps you to kind of, you know, change your inner life. And that, of course, is going to help you change the external world and make it a better place to live. Uh, and we're using this esoteric and ancient wisdom to try to do that. So, you know, we're trying to create kind of a movement here. So we want to get you guys involved and on board. And so I'm glad that Anthony reached out to us. And anybody else who has a question or would like to discuss certain issues or uh, talk about certain things on the show, please uh, go ahead and call and, and leave a, a recorded message. Or you can email us at info uh, at org as well. Uh, so those are two ways you can reach us. So if you go through the Anchor Anchor app or go to anchor.fm slash Cosmic Eye, you can see where you can leave that recording as well. All right, so on to the topic today. Occult tools, esoteric tools for decision-making and guidance. We're going to break this down into two basic sections, uh, more or less. Uh, the first section is going to be, we're going to kind of frame the idea of making decisions and uh, and how to do that and kind of thinking about some of those ideas uh, then we're going to look at divination, and then the second half is going to be um, more practical. Uh, we're going to look at maybe some ritual ideas, some prayer and affirmation, some tools and meditation that you can use and so forth uh, to actually uh, put these kinds of things that you find into, you know, you find out some information through the divination. And hopefully you'll be able to connect that to the decision-making process, and you'll be able to to move forward with those it's, so let us go ahead and then jump right into to our subject today. Uh, we'll first start talking, like I said, about a little just kind of frame this. So really, you know, what are we talking about today? We're talking about the issue of making decisions, choosing between this or that thing. Uh, maybe you've got some projects you want to work with and you don't know where to start. Uh, maybe you're overwhelmed with a bunch of different subjects and you don't know how you're going to make that happen. Um, maybe you've got, you know, no choices and you're not really sure where to start, you know, so all these things can be addressed through 
uh, through the work of divination. And uh, that'll help you to find that kind of higher source, higher power uh, information, you know, your higher self or your holy guardian angel or, you know, the spirits or the ancestors or however you want to look at it. And however, you know, you're working with the different spirits that you want to work with, the different, you know, uh, source, as it were, that you want to work with uh, in order to kind of tap into that to find guidance really what we're looking for is guidance oftentimes and you know we're not really talking about you know these simple decisions whether or not i want to have a, a whopper or some chicken fingers um or whether you know or not i, I should be eating those things at all first of all we're talking about things yeah, that's a that good are decision more, right yeah <laughs> not eat those things at all um but we're trying to you know ask ourselves like more difficult questions, finding direction in life, choosing between, you know, maybe big projects that are going to require quite a bit of time and energy and effort and investment and so on. So we're looking at the big things, right, Chris? I say the it big is, things, the challenging things, let's say, right? Yeah, well, they can become small or big. They, they become big when uh, the direction or even just seeing what's in front of you isn't really clear or if there are clear choices maybe the decision is very cloudy so this is to see through or see beyond you know, the things that otherwise we really can make a decision yeah uh, we can say well i like this i don't like this about that thing and therefore yeah i'm going to choose this one those are very kind of logical and straightforward and we, you know we have to make decisions all the time and look for direction. But yeah, this is when it gets a little bit murky. And I would bet that when anybody reaches this point, you've already tried looking at the situation. You've already tried to come up with it and, and it hasn't quite materialized. So then you can turn to these occult practices, divination, uh, ritual, meditation, uh, to get beyond you know, what's in front of you or maybe the immediate and maybe see underneath something or past uh, the surface of something to get, uh, you know, maybe a deeper view or a broader view, whatever's needed uh, to get that information. That's a great way to put it. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's that we kind of use these different tools uh, to tap into different parts of the mind and sort of get us into an, an altered state, as it were, uh, to try to tap into a different side of ourself, the non-thinking, non-rational, you know, more intuitive and, you know, image-oriented and vision-oriented part of ourselves, or, you know, that, you know, that, that, that higher energy, higher source guidance and so forth that we're looking for. Uh, so these, these things can be a way to do that. Uh, the first thing we'll talk about, so we'll talk about divination. I think most people are familiar with the word divination, but if you're not, I mean, it simply means, I mean, the sort of crude way to put it is fortune telling. Uh, you're doing something to sort of divine the future. Uh, it could be, you know, looking at the animals of entrails and or at the entrails of animals, you know, the insides of animals that they, they did that in the ancient world. It might be watching flocks of birds go by. It could be, um, you know, the the Delphic Oracle, you know, where you would go and the uh, the Oracle would, would speak mysterious words and then those would be sort of translated for you by the priests and sort of given, you know, context and maybe your question, um, to, you know, in modern versions of this, you know, we've got things like the ruins, people throw ruins. That's a Norse tradition. 
a Germanic Norse tradition. You've got uh, tarot, which is we're going to talk about a little bit. You've got in in uh, in China the ancient um, wisdom of the I Ching. Uh, so I think we're we're pretty familiar with these different things. What it is, though, you know, this divination process that's important to remember is, you know, it's one of these things where the information that you're going to get is usually kind of kind of puzzling. And, you know, it's not going to necessarily give you a clear answer most of the time. So part of part of the real skill in divination, and especially, and, and by the way, you know, if you've had no um, sort of training in this stuff, you can still use it. There's simple ways, and we're going to talk about a couple of simple ways you can use these tools, even uh, use them online if you don't have the tools that you need. Uh, so, you know, you don't have to be... a a master of tarot or a master of the I Ching or, you know, any kind of, you know, wizard or any kind of, you know what I mean? And you have a, a huge background in this stuff to make these valuable for you. Really what you're trying to do is, you know, elicit some, some images or some, some information or some symbols, and you're going to let those work on your unconscious. And then you're going to kind of use your, your creativity and your intuition to find some information, find some answers in, in that, that information that comes through it for you. So don't think that because you haven't studied tarot or I Ching or any of these traditions, you know, for 50 years or 20 years or, you know, 10 months even, that you can't use it because you, you can, you know, trust in your own intuition and use these tools to guide yourself towards where you need to go and ask, you know, ask for that help, ask for that inspiration when you approach it. Um, the first thing I want to address um, in the, you know, the idea of divination it's so important, and I want to have you talk about this a little bit uh, after after I set this up, to ask, it's so important to ask the correct question. Ask the correct question. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, how formulating the right question is kind of like half the battle? Yeah, the question of the question. Yep. That's always, and that can be a discovery process in itself. Mm -hmm. Saying, well, I just don't know... I'm at a crossroads, for instance. I don't know where to go with my life. Maybe I should go to, back to school. Maybe I should move back home. Maybe I should join the Peace Corps. You know, I, I just, uh, I don't really know where to go, for, that's the, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, w the question might arise, okay, well, what do I do with my life? Or where am I going next? That may not be enough. Okay, what does it mean to go next okay if you don't know where you're going what might that look like though this <laughs> destination x um what might you see yourself do doing even if you don't know what you're going to be doing well what's that going to feel like well i want to make a difference well i want to contribute uh or i want to be involved with other people um, anything like that that you can kind of add to it to kind of help clarify where it is you are and, and where it is you want to go, even if it is you know, that you don't know where you want to go, you don't really have a clear thing, then work that into the question because it will have an effect on the answer, especially if you're using these symbolic systems um, to get an answer, a symbolic answer. Um, it really depends on how the question is being asked. So, yes, yeah. that's a, I'm glad you brought up, that's a good uh, point. brought up that point. So, and it's important, like you said, I mean, to, 
to be specific and to include details and to be very clear in terms of what you're trying to figure out so that you're, you know, you're, you're the information that you're getting, you can match those, those two things together. So if you're, you know, if you're talking about making choices in terms of projects, or you're talking about making choices about your career, so be specific about that, you know, in terms of my career, you know, between these choices, X, Y, and Z, please inform me uh, uh, about what I need to know regarding the decisions I need to make might be a way to sort of ask a question. It's good. That's a great default question, by the way. What do I need to know right now regarding regarding this, right? This situation, yeah. my relationship or my career. What do I need to know right now? Yeah. And that's, it may not be the answer to where am I going to go and what am I going to do with my life, but it gives you something now. And then by following that advice, you're then set in motion on a path that maybe then you can see more clearly through the trees. Exactly. And it sort of contextualizes it and it might give you some information about some things you might need to work on in order to be able to make the correct decisions or things that you might need to shore up in your own life, issues that you've got that you might want to clear up before starting down that path, things like that. And those can be really important. And, and those are the things where we've got to have some patience with ourselves. It's like, we want to make the decision and we want to jump into it. We want to get moving forward. And I'm not discouraging that, but it's important to do that preliminary work, ask those good questions. So you've got to formulate a good question in order to ask a good question, which means you need to be specific. You need to be very specific. And that's one of the things that people sometimes don't think about. And one of the kind of challenges we're having these days in communicating in general in life is people are not being precise with the words they're using and the communication they're using, and they're not really examining situations clearly. And this can be problematic, especially in our own life when we're trying to figure out difficult things. We've got to define things clearly, word our questions properly, and be very specific. And you know, if we need to look up words in a dictionary or we need to really search our soul and figure out what we really mean and then find the right, you know, word or the right phrase to, to, to put into that, it's important to do that work. You know, sometimes we want to be kind of lazy and just leave it up to chance or we'll just, you know, throw, throw some cards down and see what happens or whatever. But, it, you know, this work, you get out what you put into the work. So the more precise you can be, the more precise and clear and effective the answers that you get out of these tools are going to be. Would you agree with that? I would. And um, one way you can check yourself is if you get an answer and you don't like it or you don't think it matches with your question, um, I usually write the question down beforehand, before, you know, the t pulling a card or reading the tea leaves or uh, I Ching or anything like that is that it's written down first. Um, that way, when you get the answer, you go, what the heck does that mean? Or, wow, that's, that's not what I was hoping yeah. for. Uh, go back and read your question, and it might, oh, you see how I worded this question? That's what the answer is, you know, because that's what it has to go on. Uh, and another thing, I just want to throw this in about divination. Uh, one of the important, as well as the question, one of the important things to... Uh, to recognize, or, or one of the most important aspects of a divination is this random nature. It's pulling a card from a shuffled deck. It's 
throwing the coins of the I Ching, it's the tea leaves that are randomly collecting at the bottom of the cup. The point there is that you didn't do that. You didn't stack the deck and shuffle them a certain way. And, oh, look, there's my card. You know, <laughs> or you don't keep rolling the coins until you, you get the, the one you, you know, want. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Best out of three. Okay. Best out of five. No, best out of seven. You know, you keep upping yeah. the, you know, the thing until you get what you want. That's not really what's happening. This random nature of the way the answer is pulled from the possibilities with a shuffled deck or with random coins um, is it proves that it's not really coming from you, that you're not somehow at least consciously directing it. It should definitely be coming through you unconsciously or subconsciously uh, that you just pick the right card, Yeah. Uh, but you're not looking through the deck and, and finding, finding oh yeah, there's my card. Well, and, and Success. Yes, I found the success card. That's it. I'm going to win. <laughs> and piggybacking off um, of that, though, really quickly, is that one of the things that you can look for is if you find yourself wanting a certain result or a certain answer to occur in the divination, there's a pretty damn good chance that that's what you really want to do. And you should probably just make that decision. You're like, oh, I'm hoping that it comes up, you know, A, not B, but A. You, you know what I'm saying? And then it's like your heart's telling you something right there. You may not need to do a divination. If you find yourself wanting a certain outcome in the cards, that's a good indication that maybe you can just move in that direction. Right? Great point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. So, all right. So let's talk a little bit about the specifics of this as we're moving forward. Um, talk a little bit about tarot. So one real easy way to use tarot, uh, there's two ways. First of all, if you have a deck, you know, that's fantastic. And you can, you can use it in, you know, how you like, um, you know, if you're, if you're approaching this and you, you know, you've got no experience doing any, any divination at all, you know, you can just shuffle the, the deck. I mean, it could be like seven times and then cut it, cut the cards, let's say three times or something. It doesn't have to be that specific. Um, you know, however you feel it's going to work for you. And then one really great, really simple layout is just a three card layout. So basically what you'll do is you'll, you know, like I said, after you shuffle, however many times you do it, and then, you know, usually, usually after the shuffling and maybe cutting of the cards several times, you know, the last thing you'll do is, is split the cards in half and then put the bottom half on the top and deal there. So just to keep it truly random. So then what you'll do is you'll deal one out in the middle. That's the present situation. Then you're going to deal one card out to the right of that one. That's going to be the past or the influences from the past that are affecting this present or this, you know, this main idea about this, uh, this question you have, which is in the middle. And then the left is kind of what the future may hold uh, in terms of in terms of things. So you look at from left from right to left is from it goes from past on the right. Middle is is present. And then on the left, it's the future. So you would just use those three cards like that to give you some some information on that uh, on that on that matter that you bring into the table. Um, there's a great uh, free uh, tarot reading that they do. Uh, uh, Llewellyn Books actually has it up on their website, and I used to use that one a lot. They used to have a great deck that I liked on there. It's no, the deck isn't up there anymore, but the whole you can choose from five or six different decks, and you know pick the one you like. Um, you just look up um, in Google Llewellyn free tarot reading. Llewellyn is kind of a weird spelling. It's L-L-E-W-E-L-L-Y-N. And I'll put that in the description as well. So you can 
you can find that. It's easy to find. It's the first thing that comes up if you look up Llewellyn free tarot reading. And you can do it right online. It's very helpful. There's explanations of the cards and so on. My advice would be, though, don't get so hung up on necessarily the um, the meanings that come up uh, in terms of the explanations for those cards. I would I would say don't even look at them first and go with your own intuition of what those cards look like they mean to you before you look at those sort of standard meanings that they put with those images and maybe write those down. You know, your first impressions kind of cover it up and don't look at what it says. And then just write down your first impressions by kind of looking at those cards, write that down. What you think is, you know, the, the past, the present and the future and kind of the, and then you can kind of go and kind of find some meaning from it. And then afterwards, after you've given it your general, you know, first impression, then you might go and look at what some people have to say about those different cards. But after you've you've done it, you know yourself first, because that's your real intuition, and that's you getting in touch with your higher self. And I would say also, while you're shuffling those cards, think about your question, think clearly about your question, write it down beforehand, like Chris said, and also you know say a little prayer or do some little quick ritual, light a candle, light some incense or something, and you know ask for guidance. Whoever you're asking guidance of, if it's your higher self, it's God, it's Jesus, it's you know the magician, it's the wizard, it's whoever you're trying to get in touch with. Um, you know, the, whatever it is, the ancestors, the spirits, whatever it is, uh, whoever it is, I should say, um, you know, address who you're trying to speak to, even if it's your own higher self. So, you know, higher self, please guide me in this divination and give me uh, the, the information that I need to know concerning, you know, X, Y, Z and kind of go from there. Uh, so that's kind of basically how you can do that three card thing. And I think that, you know, with that, you can actually get a really nice little reading um, and some sort of guidance that you might need and knowing kind of how to frame things or what's important or what's a challenge in this situation for you or what's the hang up, why you can't make the decision. You know, find out that stuff first and then you can go and make that decision down the road after you've got some information. And we'll give you some more tools that you can use to strengthen that decision making process and so on as we go in in the show. So you want to talk a little bit, you know, pretty briefly because obviously we've got to jump forward. Uh, but about that, that process, the same thing, you know, a simple way to do that I Ching reading if they're not familiar with it and, you know, maybe just a real quick background on what the I Ching is and how to use it, something like that. Okay, yeah. So the I Ching is an ancient form of divination. It's from China. It goes way back, thousands of years. Nobody really knows. It uses a series of figures that are made up of broken and solid lines. And they relate to the yin, uh, which would be a broken line, and yang, which would be a solid line, the two main forces of Taoism. Uh, but the I Ching probably preceded that. And they construct a figure, a six-lined figure, of which there are 64 possible permutations of this. Uh, just like there's, you know, what, 72 tarot uh, cards, uh, there are 64 possible I Ching Seven, answers. 78, actually. 78, sorry. yes. Yeah. Okay. There's 72 names of God. There you go. Exactly. 78 tarot cards. And how many trombones in the big... I don't know. <laughs> 76, I think. Okay, Indeed. yeah. So we're, 76 anyway, trombones. There you go. We're on to 64. Okay. And actually, gotcha. if, you, if you study the, the I Ching, it's, it's very fascinating because you've heard of a 64-bit computer. Uh, this, All these variations and combination starting from the two the yin and the yang or the off and the on of binary code 
there's an incredible parallel between the two. So it's incredibly ancient, but it's, you know, so high tech and modern uh, and very familiar. If you're into computer science, uh, some of these combinations, you know, mathematically will be, will be familiar. Um, and each one is, is very cryptic. Uh, sometimes the language uh, reading through the answer is just as cryptic in the text as maybe a, a picture would be on a tarot card. So again, it needs some interpretation. Um, but by throwing coins, that's the random element. Um, or there's another method where you can draw uh, from 64 sticks and you know you pick up the one and okay, that's the one that, um, that you use. Uh, and you know, as you look through the answer, think again of the question and you might get something. I'll give a quick example. I got one, um, the tree, uh, you know, penetrating uh, over the mountain. So it was, you know, wood above and mountain below. Uh, okay. Uh, and I just was trying to, I was actually wondering if I should stay in a relationship. This is many, many years ago. Uh, and I couldn't weigh it out. And I got this figure and it's like, well, that's really weird. Um, and I stepped outside the apartment and there it is on the top of, you know, in the Hollywood Hills, this very iconic mid-century house. You've probably seen it in magazines or something. And, uh, and right next to it is this sort of, I think they paved more or less part of the hilltop to keep it from eroding, but there was a tree growing right out of there. I literally saw the actual <laughs> image uh, of what this I Ching reading was. And I immediately was able to interpret it, at least I thought I did. Uh, and that is because mountain is about staying put. So stay where you are, but grow. The tree was still growing, even though it was growing on top of the mountain. So there was this stillness, but there was growth. So my interpretation was stay in the relationship, but do it and, and keep growing. Don't go, stay and grow. And, you know, lasted another year. And I'm, I'm glad I stayed that extra year. Uh, but it was really a result of, and I trusted uh, the I Ching uh, answer. I guess I trusted myself enough that I would interpret it at least in a way that uh, worked out for me. But that seemed very clear um, through what's very cryptic and symbolic imagery. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So if if they don't have a lot of information, obviously, uh, you know, both these systems, both both tarot and I Ching are you know, are fairly complicated if you're going to go really deeply into them. So I think, isn't there a source online as well? Like the three-card yeah, thing? It's, um, I think it's called I Ching Online or Online I Ching. And I Ching is spelled I-C-H-I-N-G. Uh, I Ching, it looks like it's really pronounced Yi Jing. Um, but yeah, if you just do online I Ching, uh, the first two or three are very long standing ones that are very good. And you just type in your question and you click a button, it'll randomly generate uh, the figure as they're called the 64 figures, one of those. And, and with it, the, uh, the text explanation, explanation of uh, what uh, that figure represents. And then of course it's up to you uh, to interpret it uh, in relation to your question. What's neat about I Ching too is, uh, you know, since it is more of a, a symbol, sort of a symbol system instead of like images or pictures, um, you know, that those those sort of cryptic, poetic uh, 
titles that they give those uh, seem to evoke kind of a lot of creativity and open up the the unconscious to to come up with some interesting uh, you know some interesting ideas in relation to those. Don't you think? Yeah, I do, and it's you know the I Ching really gets frustrating the more you learn about it and the deeper you go into it. <laughs> like I don't really else. recommend that. I went too far. Yeah, um, <laughs> and it's it's a little. If you're really trying to understand, it's a little difficult at first or it takes a little bit of effort, but there's this nice sweet spot in the middle where you can really use it. It's very practical and, uh, and just, yeah, let, and it's okay that, you know, the image or if it's the, you know, the text that describes the image is symbolic and like you said, poetic yeah, uh, or even foreign sounding because it's, you know, it's ancient and it's been translated a number of times. Sometimes it went from the original Chinese to German and then English. So it, it, it comes a long way to get to you. Sure. Um, and, but that's okay that it's weird because, or, or not very clear. Uh, it's what you, what clarity you make out of that. Yeah, so you have exactly. this question that you don't understand. Then you have this answer that you also don't understand. Um, but it gives you a view to the question uh, that you definitely probably wouldn't have come up with on your own. Exactly. Uh, that's a great way and, to put it. And that's a new, a new eye, a new lens. And isn't that, you know, one of the goals is to look at, it's not necessarily, Oh, here's the exact correct answer, but wow, here's, here's a, here's a, another Well, Why don't we look at it this way? Oh, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. And now that you are thinking of it that way, your relationship to the question has changed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, that's the real value of it is you're kind of con confounding the, the rational mind and you're, you're opening up different parts of the mind and, op and allowing information to flow through, you know, from higher sources and stuff to give you information that you didn't know before you weren't, you know, privy to before you didn't have access to before. And that's the whole idea of it. And you, some, you kind of need to, in some ways, confuse or overload the uh the conscious mind the regular rational thinking mind in order to get to that place and that's that's what these tools do all right so the next thing we're going to talk about uh, is meditation and meditation as a tool for insight uh, there's a couple things you can do with that uh, one of the things that you can do is just do a really basic mindfulness type meditation where you just sit and concentrate uh, on the on the breath watching the breath go in and watching the breath go out and really just kind of seeing what bubbles up, not judging it, not uh, labeling it. Uh, you know, or, or another technique is to actually watch things that bubble up and then label them. Like that's a thought, that's a feeling, that's this, that's that. And you can look at, you know, and you can then just let it go or just watch the stuff go by. If you, if you can do that and you'll, you'll be surprised at what kind of just bubbles up as you're, uh, you might find some insight that uh, that you hadn't thought of before and see some imagery that you didn't think of. The other way then is is to kind of specifically focus on a particular center. Uh, the second chakra, uh, so you got your sacral chakra, which is down at the bottom of the spine, the base of the spine, and then the second one up, which is sort of the sexual organ center kind of thing. Uh, in the Rosicrucian system, in the alchemical system, not the Indian system, not the Hindu system, but the, the Western system. That's the center where Mars is. The second chakra is Mars. So this Mars energy is located there in this particular system. Um, and that's where you're going to find this sort of decisive, 
uh, kind of strength that you need to make decisions. So if you want to start kind of getting in touch with that, um, in addition to kind of opening up and finding out information that you need to know, you know, you want to begin to kind of stoke the flames of that kind of, you know, powerful Mars energy that there it's the idea of that is not this, you know, destructive sort of, you know, wanton, you know, warlike God that we think of when we think of Mars, but it's more of this decisive uh, general in a righteous army leading, you know, people in a, in a direction. It's, it's this kind of sword and this, incisive decisive energy where you're sort of cutting things away that don't either are not necessary anymore and kind of like using the sword to point the way and things like that it's it's a very you know sort of phallic symbol as well i mean there's a lot of there's creative energy and action and so on all all sort of wrapped up in that symbolism but working with that second chakra up there that mars energy if you know if like i said in that western system is a great way to do that. So you can just concentrate on that spot. That's a little bit below the navel. Um, that's roughly where that area is. And you can look at those charts or whatever and, and find that, but that's a great spot to focus your, your attention on as you're meditating. And you'll see that that might give you some strength and some energy to make the decisions and to see things clearer and so on. That'll help with that guidance process as well. And it's something you can do after you get the guidance also to get into action for that. Um, so that's that's something you can do. A second sort of meditative way of, of dealing with things. And is, is this a good time to talk about the, the journey? Or do you want to wait? Okay. I'm sure. sure. Okay, so a second type of sort of meditative process is what's known as a shaman's uh, journey, a shaman journey. Uh, and this is something that you can do that'll help you get in touch with, um, you know, some inner force inner guidance that you might, you might want to get in touch with. And I'm going to have Chris talk about this and he's actually going to kind of lead through a little short, short one. So we can, we can use that as an example. So you want to, you want to start into that? Sure. So uh, basically shaman uh, with the medicine healers, the priests, uh, the witch doctor, the wise man, the wise person um, of a village or a tribe uh, generally lived at the periphery, at the edge of where the community is, uh, right at the edge of the forest or the sea or wherever this uh, culture inhabited. So he really would have one foot in nature and then one foot in his community, the civilization. And it's that connection to nature and nature forces Again, it's not you, it's not your ego, it's not your learning or uh, your friends or you know, your therapist or anything, you know, really giving you this advice. Uh, the shaman pulls from natural forces, animal spirits, each one representing an aspect of you know, a human, uh, what a person and what an individual might have. Oh, he's got an eagle eye or you get a bear hug. I mean, we use it in our everyday as well, but the shamans are so connected with, with nature. And again, whether it's, you know, a, this divination uh, device or you're meditating and you from the state of calmness, you can uh, be opened up to possibilities that were hidden before. Nature provides another window into our situation or our problem um, that gives a perspective uh, that we wouldn't necessarily 
have or you know because we really become cut off i think you know the further we get into modernity our you know our separation from not just nature like animals and trees not just that but the the flow of nature and the seasons and every the whole ecosystem mm -hmm. that's involved the way nature yeah. works you know the real laws of the jungle not this social darwinism but you know just the way nature operates it's very benevolent it's scary and it can be brutal um but it's very affirming it's self-sustaining we're unsustainable in our lives nature is sustainable as long as it's not meddled with too much so this is a great place uh, from which you can draw wisdom and that's the the role of the shaman so um, yeah, if I can do a quick, uh, quick journey, um, what we'll do is uh, go into the earth, since we're talking about the earth, uh, which is a metaphor for going into the heart, going into your own soul, the inner part of your life. Um, and we'll pull back a, a power animal that can help guide you. Uh, so I'll make this really short. Uh, it's usually more involved with kind of, you know, preparing, you know, recognize the four directions and getting centered with a breath and perhaps a, a warm orb of light, you know, surrounding you because we're going to this, this place and it's a sacred place that we're leaving the normal everyday world behind. And as you can travel deep into the earth, underground through the roots of the great trees and the giant boulders and come to this clearing, this open space and there you meet a gatekeeper, and this is a threshold guardian that is going to allow us entrance into this room. Maybe it's a cave, and this is a metaphor for looking inside what's in our heart or in our inner content, uh, our inner consciousness, and that's where we can find maybe some of these answers, and you want to approach this gatekeeper, say, I'm here to gain insight. I have this problem or this situation, or I, I can't seem to make a decision. I seek guidance uh, so that I may get on my path uh, in the correct way that's good for me and, and people around me. And if you feel the gatekeeper is okay, that's fine. Uh, it's a good, uh, good opening line. We'll let you gain access. Because uh, it is this special place and this inner sanctum. And when you're in this room now, you can look around and anything that you can see, maybe it's a person, maybe it's somebody you don't know. It could be an image. Maybe there's something on the table. If you, there's a character or a person, you could ask them who they are, what they want. Uh, anything you can find from this empty space that comes up that might be helpful or might be significant. And you trust the first image that comes up. Oh, well, there's a, an old woman in the kitchen and she's trying to cook something and she just keeps chopping and chopping and the pieces get smaller and smaller and smaller. And I don't know what that means. That sure is weird. Okay, uh, but go with it. Okay, you're really kind of, actually the weirder the better. So find something uh, and connect with it and go, okay, like just like a dream image, you're in this movie and, and you're seeing things and okay, that's great. And if you have something like that, I'll just go with the woman in the kitchen chopping things. I don't know where that came from, but okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll bring that out. And um, as we go out of this cave, this inner chamber, 
and we thank the gatekeeper for allowing us entrance, knowing that we can come back and take a look again, maybe get some more illumination uh, about our situation. And before we head on back up to the upper world, uh, we're going to take a power animal <laughs> with us. And first thing that comes to your mind when I just said, grab a power animal. Okay, so I guess first thing I thought of was an eagle. Okay, I don't know what that means either, but just go with it. <laughs> don't try to question it. Okay, if it's there, it's fine. Uh, and the purpose of a power animal is, yes, it's power, but it's, it's really that connection to nature that we don't have. And each animal, like a chameleon, will change colors. Okay, well, that's a, maybe that's something I need in my life. Maybe I need to fit in better. Or an eagle, like I got, you know, well, they soar very, they're at the top of their food chain. They soar very high. They can see a great distance. They can take in a large view. Oh, well, that attribute is maybe something I need. Maybe I need to look at the bigger picture. Okay, thank the gatekeeper and we can come back to the upper world uh, through the boulders and the trees back onto the land. And we have the energy. All right. That sounds, that's fantastic. So that's something that they can do. And that's, you know, you, you know, you've, you've led them on a, a short little journey. So, I mean, if they come back, if you want to, a listener wants to come back and listen to this several times and kind of get a feel for how to do that, they can do it on their own and, and find their own uh, image and find their own power animal and bring that back and kind of use that as a, as a divination tool as well. Right. Look at those, those images and, kind of see what they mean in, in regard to the question that's being asked. Right. All right. That was yes, fantastic. Absolutely. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate that. And I think our, our listeners are going to really enjoy that. Uh, so finally, you know, once you kind of get some information uh, and some guidance, you know, through, through divination or for, through whatever process you're going to use, you know, it then becomes the, the, the challenge to, to make that decision about how you're going to proceed and that's where I talked a little bit about that meditation on that Mars energy. You might also want to try to get in touch, you know, if you're if you're into Kabbalah and you understand the tree of life or some of these magical systems, you know that the um, Sephirot, uh, the Sephirot on the tree of life include different aspects of God and God names and energies and so on. So the Sephira uh, Giburah is the one that's uh, related to Mars. That's the fifth Sephira. Uh, and you can look that up online if you want to find out more information about that. But Again, that gets into that kind of warrior spirit, but it's that righteous warrior, that righteous warrior spirit. It's that energy that can make decisions and move forward and lead, you know, into challenging places and move you past fears and so on. Um, that'll help you. That'll help you get to that next place that you need to go. Uh, so uh, that's something that you can do. Uh, the other thing we want to talk about, and then we're going to actually kind of start wrapping it up here. I think the last thing we're going to talk about, of course, is, is prayer. I mean, that can be one of the most powerful, important things you can do. And that's also sort of part of finding guidance is, you know, looking to that higher source, looking to the ancestors, looking to your holy guardian angel, looking to, you know, whoever you, you, you work with, uh, whatever power you and visualize and see that's a higher source to you, you know, praying to that, to praying to that, uh, that deity and asking for guidance or praying to that higher part of yourself and asking for guidance and then watching your dreams and watching what unfolds in your daily life and so on. And that kind of feeling, which what comes back or what answers come from that prayer is really an underused tool, you know? And, uh, you know, especially today we think, well, what's the point of it? And this and that, I, my, my thing is really, 
you have nothing to lose and try it. I have found miraculous things have happened through prayer countless times in my life. And I'm sure you've found the same thing, right, Chris? I have, um, shockingly, yeah. surprisingly, um, it's, it's something that's available. And, you know, if there's a hang up with God or you know, any religion or anything like that, you can always use the universe, universal power, like you said, a higher power, or, you know, my inner uh, genius yeah. or something like that. As long as, again, it's not you, just like the cards yeah. and the selection of the, the coins and the figure, it gets it out of you that's trying to solve this thing and you're either turning it over or you're asking for something. And I actually, just like I would get in an, in a Ching reading or with a shaman journey, I ask sometimes I should probably do it more. Uh, when I pray, I ask for also like, well then, and show me. Okay. I'm safe. We're, we're talking about maybe direction or something. I'm not sure the direction of my life. It could be this, it could be that I'm praying I'm praying, I'm turning this over to you. And if you could, please show me, give me an indication. Show me a sign that maybe I am on the right path when I come across it or something like that, you know? And I think that's okay. I think it's okay yeah. to be bold, you know? Say like, well, well, show me something. So much so I know. Not just your prayers just going out into the wind, which it's, it's actually fine to do that as well. Um, but you can actually ask, why not? If you're praying anyway, why not pray for you know, sure. some symbol, some sign, some thing will come on TV and you'll go, oh my gosh, that's, yeah, you know, something. That, and you're going to, a sign that you're going to recognize as being something coming from that other side. That can certainly be. Absolutely. And, you know, and that's, that's the thing about it. You can pray for faith. You can pray for clarity. You can pray for, you know, direction and so on. And even, you know, even if you're someone, a type of a person who maybe come, came from a back, background of a religion that, you know, no longer seems to work for you. I know I find that a lot of times people that have grown up as, as Christians of some sort um, oftentimes find themselves at odds with Christianity at some point in their life. Here's the thing that's interesting about that, though. You know, Jesus is still a figure that you can go to still uh, a source that you can go to, even if you don't consider yourself a Christian, you know, you can pray and you, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be in a specific type of language or whatever, but you know, let's say that, you know, you did have that faith when you were young and then you found yourself kind of getting away from that. You know, it, it can be powerful to go back to that stuff that worked for you when you were young in a new way you know, with a new understanding and look for guidance from the, you know, from that same source that you, you know, you got something from maybe when you were younger, you have to, you know, create a new relationship to it. And maybe, you, you know, you see uh, Jesus as a more Gnostic type figure as you get older and you see some of the different traditions that sprung out of that or a more mystical version of Jesus and so forth. So, you know, that's something some, some people have to wrestle with, you know, they're, they're sort of early, religious experiences and like they still have some feelings for that particular religion you know it could be judaism it could be islam it could be you know whatever you were, you were sort of raised with come at it from a different angle as you get older and try to understand it in a more mystical light and sometimes you'll find great power in that and jung was a big fan of that he was like if you had some kind of you know religious path regardless of how it kind of unfolded when you were young oftentimes those 
archetypal powers are still really active within you and you've got to kind of come and work with them in a new in a new way to have a new divine experience a new experience of the numinous you know that numinous experience is that divine experience uh that we're looking for and so so that's something to think about you know something to think about sometimes um you know we get away from stuff that worked for us when we were younger and we, we need to reconnect in a new way um so lastly, let's talk a little bit about affirmations then. So once you kind of feel like you've got some guidance and maybe you've tentatively made some decisions or you've really made a strong decision one way or the other, then you need to really kind of, you know, make some affirmations towards towards reaching that goal. That helps a lot. You know, having some sort of statement or something that you say to yourself each day or continued guidance in it or, you know, a goal that you've written down or so forth. Once you've made that decision, you've got to reinforce it in your mind, right, on a daily basis. Um, so, you know, don't you find that to be true? Like once you've got that information, it kind of can get hazy if you don't keep reinforcing it on a daily basis. Would you agree with that? I do. And one thing that I think happens sometimes when we're not – clear on something sometimes we actually are we actually maybe know more than we know that we know uh, but that answer might be scary or the carrying out of the next step might be difficult or somehow there's fear involved uh, and that can be an affirmation or even a prayer is you know grant me the power to to see this through or see this in a new way that i may do it I know what I should be doing is, you know, starting a blog and I've always talked about it and I really want to do it. And I just, oh, I don't know if people like my writing or not. And, uh, but this is what I want. So please help me see the power, find the power within that I can get through this and be productive and then see yourself doing that. Say, I am a writer. I am a ballroom dancer or, you know, I am uh, a good spouse. Whatever it is you're really working towards, uh, use a very affirmative statement in the I am, and you're putting yourself where you really want to be, even if it's scary. Say, wow, I'm scared. Well, then pray for the strength to see it through. Okay, we lost uh, Chris, unfortunately. We've been having some trouble with the recording, so I'm just going to kind of finish this out on my own tonight. Um, thank you, Chris, for your participation. You had some uh, great, great stuff that you added. Appreciate you being here every day, every week. Um, and thank you for doing that great shaman journey. I think the listeners are going to really enjoy that. And it's like I said, um, you know, if you want, go back and listen to that a few times and maybe make some notes or something. You can do that on your own. Uh, Chris was actually talking a little bit about uh, prayer before we before we lost him, and um, he was talking about how you know you may find through the divination that you find an answer to something that you're kind of frightened of. So, you, you know, we might pretend or, or feel like we didn't get the answer that we wanted or what have you because we don't really want to face the, the, the decision that we, we have to make, right? It may tell us uh, something that, we, that we're afraid of or that we're, we feel like we're not ready to do. And that's the good thing about these divinations and these, um, these tools is that they'll give us 
information from a higher source that's pushing us towards our destiny. You know, so it sometimes takes a great amount of courage to actually follow through with those things. And so what he started talking about when actually he got cut off uh, was you, that you may need to pray for the strength and courage that you'll need to sustain you through this. You need to uh, make the decisions that you need to make and take the actions that you need to take after you find that information through the divination and you get that guidance you're looking for. So you may need that strength and that prayer. And you can use prayer, of course, uh, to ask ask for courage, to ask for clarity, for ask the you know for the sort of uh, the strength to carry out what you need to do, uh, the sustaining power to move you forward. All these sorts of things. Um, you can also use ritual and meditation in that way as well, uh, and your affirmations. You know, find some great affirmations about success or about uh, you know building your confidence if you're having some issues with those things and so on. That stuff will help you a great deal. Uh, ritual work that you might do. I would highly recommend um, anyone who's interested in, in in ritual magic to do the lesser banishing ritual, the pentagram. And you can find a, a great version of that online if you look for uh, Israel Regardi, Lesser Banishing Ritual of the Pentagram. He leads you through that. Uh, another great meditation tool that's, uh, this is up on YouTube, by the way. Uh, another great meditation tool on YouTube is what's known as the Middle Pillar. And this is a Kabbalistic meditation that you can do that will generate a lot of energy to get you where you need to go and help you clarify things and so on. And So if you just look up Israel Regardi, uh, Israel Regardi is I-S-R-A-E-L-R-E-G-A-R-D-I-E, -E -E, uh, middle pillar, P-I-L-L-A-R. Uh, you'll get some you'll get some great videos on there of original recordings of that great occultist, uh, Israel Regardi, uh, who actually published the uh, book The Golden Dawn. Uh, Crowley published it first in the Equinox, but uh, Rigardi published it second and did a more thorough job of getting the actual uh, original teachings in the, in his book. Uh, so there's 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 that uh, history with him. Uh, but a fantastic occultist and uh, esoteric uh, and spiritual leader. So check that out. Highly recommend it. Uh, last thing I've got for you is is actually two things. One is this idea in in ceremonial magic and in alchemy. Uh, it's a saying, short saying in Latin. It's solvitur ambulando. And it means basically solved by walking. So remember that a lot of these things, we're going to find that once we make a decision, we'll find that a lot of these problems are solved by forward movement. You know, and some of the things that we try may or may not work, and but they'll lead us to the next right thing. They'll lead us to the next step that we need to take. And so... Really, no decision that you're going to make is going to be a bad decision. The worst decision is to not do anything at all and say stay stuck in that place where you're contemplating what you're going to do. You know, do your guidance work through divination, do your meditation, do ritual, prayer, etc. Do all this work, but remember that in the end, you know, you've got to solve your problem walking. In essence, so you've got to be working on it to really you know, get into this and make these steps. So, you know, you're going to make the decision and then you're going to get into action. Uh, so think about that. Keep that term in mind. Solvitur ambulando. Solved by walking or it is solved by walking. Uh, so that's, that's, a, that's a great piece of wisdom. And the other thing is go out and take a walk. Get some exercise. Clear your mind. Sometimes that's all we need to get the right answers we, 
we're looking for. Uh, so there's some tools. Uh, thank you again, Anthony, for providing us with the information uh, or the, with the question that, that, that gave us uh, the, the topic for the show today. We really appreciate it. And I uh, apologize if it's a little bit choppy. Like I said, we had a little bit of problem with the, uh, with the recording tonight, but we're working through it, and I wanted to get this up just to get, uh, get this episode out there tonight for you guys. So thank you again for joining us. Thank you, Chris, so much. Uh, check us out at CosmicEye.org or at ChrisSheridan.com, and you can get uh, either of our books there. Uh, and so Chris's book is The Spirit in the Sky, and mine is If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate. And like I said, please uh, support us or reach out to us if you've got questions, if you want to speak to us, you can get uh, get through at info at org, or you can go to anchor.fm slash cosmiceye. We thank you again for listening, praying for everybody out there for peace and, and justice. And, uh, you know, we, we wish everyone the best. Stay safe. Um, have a great week. Uh, enjoy your life and try to stay positive in these uh, in these turbulent times. You know, do your inner work and be a person uh, of value. You know, get, let, the more that we can all get our own kind of shadow issues and projections and so on. These are Jungian terms, by the way. Um, under control means, you know, the more that we can be a conscious and positive member of society. So, you know, doing your inner work and doing this kind of work that we're doing um, through the ancient wisdom and metaphysical traditions and so on is, is helping the world. You know, the work that we do interiorly uh, is actually helping the world. You know, it, it, it feels sometimes like, oh, I'm just doing this stuff for myself. But the thing is, when you work on yourself, you really are working on the world because, you know, our, our influence spreads out. We carry it around with us. You know, we send out this sort of vibe and energy quality that does influence other people. So, you know, keep this great work up. Stay positive. You know, keep, keep doing what you're doing. And, uh, you know, we're praying for everybody out there. Keep moving forward. Have a great week. Goodbye and God bless.